Hey everybody, you're listening to the Jimmy's Table podcast, jimmystable.com. I'm your host, Jimmy Humphrey, where I like to have conversations about faith, life, culture, and sometimes food. So let me ask you a simple question today. How do you know when you have enough? In today, episode 88 at jimmystable.com, I'm going to be talking about when do we have enough and questions around what I call peak materialism. But before we get into that, I want to play this old commercial back from about, I don't know, I think 10 years ago, uh, put together by LendingTree.com. You probably remember this, but let me go ahead and play it because I think it sets up a great uh, point for discussion today. I'm Stanley Johnson. I've got a great family. I've got a four-bedroom house and a great community. Like my car? It's new. I even belong to the local golf club. How do I do it? I'm in debt up to my eyeballs. I can barely pay my finance charges. Somebody help me. Need a smart way to consolidate your debt? At LennyTree.com, banks compete, and you choose the loan that's right for you. Somebody help me. <laughs> I think we can all kind of relate to that, right? I, I hope you remember that commercial. It's this guy, in case, since you don't have the visual... He's just this Stanley Johnson, just this guy living in the suburbs, living in a little suburb utopia, has a nice house, has a nice car, has a swimming pool, belongs to the country club, has a a wonderful riding lawnmower, um, and just seems to have it all. But he's kind of got there and he's got this goofy grin uh, on his face, this like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is my life. I am so in trouble and I, I don't know what to do. I'm making these great airs of appearance, but I'm in debt up to my eyeballs. <laughs> I think we've all been there before, right? Right? At least I know I have. Um, and it's just an interesting phenomenon to see. Uh, we We love our material stuff. We love our white picket fence and house in the suburbs and we love our new car. We love our our toys. We love all the things and all the trappings, right? And we, we want to have it all and we want to have it all right now. But it never really seems like we stop and ask ourselves, should we? And we never ask ourselves, do I have enough? Have I achieved the maximum materialistic uh, goods that I should amass? Or should I constantly just keep striving to get more? Because I, in, in truth, I, I never have enough. You can never have enough uh, at the end of the day. You just always want more. And I think this time of year with Thanksgiving, and uh, at the time of this recording, it's before Thanksgiving, but by the time you listen to it, It'll be after Thanksgiving. We'll have experienced Black Friday in America. Uh, uh, there's an there's a old joke about how uh, Black Friday coming after Thanksgiving that, uh, you know, Thanksgiving, a day in which Americans bow their head and give thanks, and then Black Friday, the day in which they forgot all that they've been thankful for uh, as we go and kill each other at Walmart in order to obtain the 75-inch LCD TV that's on sale for three hundred dollars. <laughs> uh, I, I think we can all relate, right? Um, it just seems like no matter what we do, 
We never have enough. We're always feeling the need for more and more and more stuff. And indeed, there is a real need for more stuff for a lot of folks in America. Uh, currently, according to government statistics, statistics, at the end of 2019, prior to COVID-19 and the current ongoing pandemic, uh, the poverty rate in America is 10.5%, which means that um, there's currently 34 plus million people in the United States living in poverty. These folks don't have enough. They don't have all that they need to survive and care for their most basic needs for them and their families. But with that said, at 10.5% poverty rate in America, the vast majority of Americans do have enough. In fact, the poverty rate in America is the lowest it's been as of the end of 2019, It's the lowest that it has been since government started keeping statistics on this as of 1959. That's amazing. Uh, We've come a long way in driving out poverty in America, and not only in America, but uh, a great deal of the world. Um, So thankfully, even though, don't get me wrong, things aren't perfect, and that it doesn't mean even though poverty rate of 10.5% Uh, That doesn't mean there aren't some serious challenges out there, even for those who live above the official poverty line in America. Um, But as I've talked about before, things are not as bleak as politicians like Bernie Sanders would have you believe. So when you hear these guys talking about how terrible it is for uh, people living in America, take that with a grain of salt. Uh, Because the truth is, things are, you know at least pre-pandemic, better than they've ever been in the history of the United States and, frankly, the rest of the world when it comes to having our material needs met. Uh, In fact, not only are our material needs met, um, but, frankly, it appears that we have more material goods than we even know what to do with. So much so, especially in America, That our homes are often not large enough to hold all the things that we own. Per statistics, uh, a staggering 90% of the world's rental self-storage units. (laughs) You know those little U-Haul units and those uh, places where you store all your stuff? Per statistics, a staggering 90% of the world's rental self-storage units are in the United States. And, and even though, but let me, let me put that in context, even though 90% of the world's self-storage units are in the United States, uh, it is estimated that only about 10% or just under 10% of the homes in the United States uh, have individuals who rent out a storage unit. Um, but whatever, however you want to look at it, that's still kind of high, especially when you consider it relative to the rest of the world. And if you were to look at also additional statistics, which I also link to in show notes at jimmystable.com if you want to check it out uh, for this episode. Um, Since 2013, the amount spent on rental storage for new construction has increased 800% in this country. So we are growing at a rapid, rapid, rapid rate 
when it comes to self-storage units in the United States and the people who rent them. Um, and that's not to say, of course, that there's not legitimate reasons to rent a self-storage unit for like people who are in transition and, and things of that nature or people who are having to make temporary living arrangements and or who have some special item that they need to keep safe and out of their home. I get it. People have needs when it comes to that stuff. But I can't help but think that in spite of the fact that most of us live in homes that are of decent size and that have decent storage, uh, that have garages and attic spaces and crawl spaces and uh, little portable storage units and storage sheds in our own backyards, I think that's staggering and amazing that we live in a country that we have so much stuff collectively um, that we are just, you know, building it out like gangbusters uh, to build more and more storage for all the stuff that we accumulate and all the stuff we want to keep. It's amazing. Uh, and it's amazing compared to what's happening in the rest of the world. So while that, of course, does not... Uh, course mean that everything is hunky-dory in America and that everybody has uh, more than enough and more than they could ever imagine. It's at least an indicator to me uh, that we're getting quite a bit of stuff out there, folks. Uh, and quite a few of us have quite a bit. No matter what you may be in America class-wise as far as your socioeconomic background, um, I think most of us look around and be like, man, where did all this stuff come from? And why do I have so much of it? I believe no matter whether you're rich or poor or somewhere in between in this country, we all kind of have a struggle with materialism in this country. And while our desire to consume and hoard may be the engine that ultimately makes our capitalistic engine go round and round, it does so at a great cost. According to statistics, our total consuming consumer debt in America is at all-time highs. The average consumer debt per capita, that is the average consumer debt per person in the United States, according to statistics, is $12,687 as of the end of 2019, which represents over a 4.5% increase from the year prior. We're spending at an alarming rate. We're consuming at an alarming rate. We are getting all the stuff that we can and then some. And so much so that we are carrying massive amounts of debt in order to buy all this, as like my dad likes to call, <laughs> stuff. And it's amazing to see because no matter how much we consume, we always seem like we want more. Um... And I'm of the opinion that so long as we kind of continue this sort of thing, we'll always be at a point where we'll never, ever, ever be able to feed the beast, quote unquote. We just have this, uh, this, this, this void in us that this just drives us to consume and to consume and to consume and to consume. And no matter how much we get, it never seems like enough. But you know, this problem isn't just a modern problem. This is a problem even uh, the ancient societies and great wisdom and cultures of the world have even noticed. Like in the Bible, in the book of Ecclesiastes, and you can see the exact references, 
Uh, and the show notes, again, jimmystable.com for episode 88. Ecclesiastes talks about, He who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves abundance with its income. This too is vanity. When good things increase, those who consume them increase. So what advantage, what is the advantage of their owners except to look on? In, in Proverbs it says, Sheol and Abaddon are never satisfied, nor are the eyes of man ever satisfied. Isn't that interesting how, you know, <laughs> it talks about the desire of death and how death and hell, Sheol and Abaddon, which are death and hell, if you want to use some modern vernacular, um, dynamic equivalent, King Jimmy version, as I like to say, uh, death and hell are never satisfied, nor are the eyes of man. Death never lacks the ability to consume more and more and more and more. Death is a never-ending consumption machine. Likewise, our eyes, uh, which are attached to our hearts, by the way, are never satisfied. They're a never-ending consumption machine. We all have this beast that we got to feed, and we constantly try to feed it. Yet, no matter how much money we make, no matter how much abundance we have, it always seems like we need more income and more stuff. By default, we always want more. By nature, we are not content with what we have. By nature, I believe most of us, if not all of us, operate with a sort of scarcity mentality. And I don't know where this comes from. And I don't know why this necessarily is, but it just seems to be how we're kind of hardwired as human beings. Some might suggest that this scarcity mentality is kind of an evolutionary hangover from the days in which we you know, were wandering the fields and having to constantly hunt and, and where everything we gathered was you know, one little precious thing that we needed to help us survive. And so we're kind of always in this hunting and gathering sort of mentality. Um, we always have this survival of the fittest mentality where we're always needing to gather more and more and more. Um, and, and it's just kind of this fit, this nervous tick, this, this thing that we just can't help but do. Um, and so we do it. And even though most of us are far from starving, uh, some of us could probably even stand to lose a couple of pounds, myself included. Um, you know, even though most of us uh, have, you know, relatively secure sources of income and uh, we've spent most of our lives... Um, doing pretty well and not having to fight and kill in order to make our way in this world. Uh, at least I've never had to fight or kill anybody or anything um, for anything that I own. I've always just worked hard and put my nose to the grindstone and, and you know, money appears and, and clothing appears and shelter appears and cars appear and, you know, all that stuff, it just appears. Um, that's not to say I've not been uh, terribly um, challenged in my life economically. Uh, like I had talked about in a podcast previously, there was a time in my life where I was quote-unquote lucky to be broke. And you can see a link to that in the show notes again. Um, but in spite of all my challenges that I had, I was never worried about starving to death. And, you know, frankly... Looking around in this country, I can't remember the last time I've ever heard of somebody starving to death. That's not to say there aren't people who don't. That's not to say there aren't people who aren't 
you know, living in food deserts and aren't nutritionally deficient and, and don't have food challenges. There, there definitely are those things. Don't, don't get me wrong. But most of us aren't in this sort of like, man, if I don't eat today, I'm going to literally die sort of mode. Yet, yet in spite of all of our abundance, in spite of all that we have, we continue to live our lives as if we are going to die today. And so, we gather more and more stuff. And every time we obtain what we think we need to have, we always end up moving the goalpost on ourselves. So suddenly it's not just enough to have a nice house and a reliable car. But all of a sudden, then we get this itch to, to upgrade, to get a bigger house and a nicer location with better schools and a, a newer car that has the latest and greatest trappings. We never dreamed about needing a boat before, but you know, well, bless God, all of a sudden, I need a boat. <laughs> uh, and, and that's just kind of this vicious cycle that we are. No matter how much we make, we never seem like we make enough. And as soon as we obtain what we want, we start envisioning new things to obtain that we want that we never even knew we wanted before. It's like we, our, our, our eyes just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Or as Proverbs said, Sheol and Abaddon are never satisfied, nor are the eyes of man ever satisfied. We always have this need to feed the beast. But... If you stop and sit there and think from a logical perspective, you got to kind of ask, isn't there a time at which I've reached enough? And how do I know I've reached enough? How do I know that I've obtained this sort of peak materialism? And how do I know that like maybe I need to kind of try to do something to break this cycle of wanting more and more and more and to consume more and more and more and to hoard more and more and more and to build bigger barns and to, to build bigger barns after that and to, to build storage units like never before and fill those storage units up and then buy the one next to it and fill it up. And how do I break this? How do I know when I've probably reached this cycle of peak materialism? How do I know when maybe I have a problem? How do I know when, you know, if I look in my heart... I have to acknowledge that, you know, maybe I just have too much. Maybe I need to curb it back. Well, I put this question out there on Facebook um, for jimmystable.com listeners and friends. Um, and uh, I got some feedback. And so I've kind of developed this little list real quick uh, that I just want to go through to little points at helping uh, know that you've reached peak materialism. How do you know when you're maxed out and that you've gotten too much stuff? Uh, on Facebook, my friends David and Kelly suggested that if you've maxed out your credit cards and are carrying a high balance, that's probably a pretty good indicator that you've reached your peak. Now again, I know that doesn't apply to everyone. I know there are some people who are in hard spots and they can't help but use their credit cards because uh, life is expensive and they just don't have enough income. You know, they've got emergency bills they have to cover for medical bills and, and things of that nature. So I get that. Things like that exist. But I think if we were honest with ourselves, most of us aren't using our credit cards to max out basic life necessities. 
are we? Nope. The, the Amazon Prime delivery truck uh, is probably more related to why our credit cards are maxed out and why we're carrying a high balance. That's why there are so many of them. Like, you know, I can remember as a kid uh, when Amazon was first starting to come out and we, like in early 2000s, late 90s, and we were starting to order stuff on Amazon, you know? At one point, we, re, we, 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 uh, we uh, established a first name basis with our UPS driver who worked our local route. <laughs> he was having to come to our door every day and he, he like we started talking to him and getting to know him a little bit and he's like man i'm always coming to your guy's house well now especially depending on where you live you probably don't have the same delivery driver uh coming out to your house you probably have you've probably noticed that there are probably three four five different drivers and and they're no longer with UPS but Amazon has its own delivery service with Prime and you have three four five plus you know different Prime uh, trucks working your particular HOA on any given day delivering packages and you probably don't recognize the same person or very very rarely do you notice the same person and that's just because there's so much stuff flying out the door now that uh, they can barely keep up with all the demand of all that's going on. And, uh, you know, people are just spending a pretty penny. Uh, and they're taking themselves to their max when it comes to their debt loads. Um, like I said, all consumer debt is at an all-time high. That consumer debt consists heavily of credit cards and Nice cars and things of that nature. That's not even talking about household debt. That's just talking about regular, straight-up, retail consumer-type stuff. Uh, so I think, you know, with that being said, um, maybe it's not entirely a bad thing that we're able to carry so much debt. I mean, banks wouldn't be lending it if we couldn't afford it. <laughs> that's a joke. That's a joke, folks. <laughs> uh that's a joke. Um, the, the, the fact of the matter is that we probably can't afford it, and that's why we're putting it on our credit card. Because if we had the cash for it, we would probably be buying it with cash. But because we don't, we, we, uh, we swipe that credit card, or we, use, we tap our phone on uh, the little pay here thing with our Apple phone. Like that's, We have our own little wallet on our own little phone. We spend so much money so frequently that it's such an inconvenience to take our ATM cards out that we have to be able to take out our phones and tap them. Um, and don't get me wrong, I love those little conveniences. They're nice. Um, I use the uh, little pay feature on my phone. But, you know, it kind of says something about where we are as a society, I think, um, that we've gotten to that point. But anyway, I digress. So another one of my friends on Facebook, Wes, he suggested, you know you've reached peak materialism if you can't slow down. And you're constantly stressing over what to buy next. And you're upset that your local retailer isn't open 24 hours a day, 7 days a week to meet your materialistic needs. If that's the case, you've probably reached your peak. Another indicator that you might have probably reached peak materialism is, uh, you know, you're constantly always thinking about that next promotion at work, that next raise that next bonus, that next windfall of money. 
Um, if you're needing that constantly, if every year you're constantly needing a raise, if you're constantly needing a promotion, if you're constantly needing a bonus, if you're constantly needing another job, a second job, or overtime, or extra hours, or, or what have you, um, in order to meet your financial needs, there's a pretty good chance you're probably stretching yourself a little thin and buying just just a little bit too much. And again, I know that's not everybody. Everybody's got unique circumstances. I get the struggle is real, folks. But I also get that we constantly get raises and then we get lifestyle adjustments. Our wallet gets bigger, but so do our expenses. <laughs> and so we get on this never-ending hamster wheel that we never seem to get off of that. No matter how much we get a raise, uh, no matter how much our income has increased, and no matter how many promotions we've taken over the last few years at work and in our careers, we never seem to be able to get ahead. That's you. You know who you are. You've probably reached peak materialism. Here's one, and this one hits close to home. This one hits close to home. It's a discussion my wife and I were recently having. If it's difficult for other people to shop for you on your birthday or for Christmas, or if it's hard for you to come up with a Christmas list or birthday wish list because, well, you pretty much have it all, it's probably an indicator that you're at peak materialism. If your garage is so full that you have to park your car outside, you're probably at peak materialism. If you have to rent a storage unit or put one in your backyard, not always the case. Again, not always the case. But you might have to question yourself on this, folks. How much of this storage am I needing because I buy a ridiculous amount of stuff how is it that i don't have enough space in my house to put all my stuff <laughs> you know if, if this is you you know I, i'm just you you have uh, let me just encourage you guys if you're listening to this and you're listening to this list please I, i'm not trying to be judgmental I, i'm i'm preaching to myself here as much as you um but i'm just trying to start the Stir the old funker on top of your head and to get you to do a little introspection. Because I think this is something we all need to do. And this is something that if we're to ever combat our materialism, if we're ever to combat our greed, um, if we're ever to combat uh, this sort of like I'm just drowning in stuff sort of mindset, but I'm never able to be satisfied with all the stuff no matter how much of the stuff I get. Um... I'm just trying to help you think, folks. So stay with me. So if this is you, I believe we need a shift in mindset. I believe I need a shift in mindset. And this is something I have to kind of try to calibrate and challenge myself with on a regular basis. Um, especially, I'm not going to lie, I'm, I live in a pretty good uh, life. I, I live in a nice neighborhood. I have nice stuff. I have a nice house. Uh, and I don't have the latest and greatest of everything. I, I try to avoid um, getting a new car or anything like that. I'm, my wife and I, we both drive uh, cars with many miles on them and uh, that have been paid off for years, and we intend to drive them uh, for much longer. But 
you know, I find that I still need to challenge myself in this because it's so easy. It's so easy to get back on that hamster wheel. It's so easy to let the lust of your eyes uh, drill a deeper hole in your heart um, and to bring your pocketbook with you. <laughs> um, so I think we need to adjust our mindset. We need to, to make a shift because it can be so easy, especially if you're kind of like me where you're middle class, upper middle class, uh, you have a nice professional job and a steady paycheck and uh, relatively secure income. You have savings, you have investments, uh, and all that fun stuff. It's so easy to to get to this place and then not escape it, and then never feel like you always have enough, uh, or that you, I'm sorry that you feel like you never have enough. Um, and I believe we need to take a different mindset, and we need to take the mindset I believe that the scriptures teach us. To have. Now, before I say this, let me say I'm not against you having nice stuff. I don't think the Bible is either. Um, a laborer is worthy of his support, and the Bible talks about how um, you know it's good for us to enjoy the fruits of our labor because it can be kind of discouraging to work hard, work hard, work hard, and work hard and never have anything to show for it and something that you can enjoy as a result of all your toil uh, under the sun. So with that said, I still believe we need a shift in mindset um, because I think many of us live in this entitled, well, bless God, I work hard, work hard, play hard sort of mindset, right? Um, and maybe there's some truth to the work hard, play hard mindset, but it's think I would like to challenge that with a mindset that I see as more biblical. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 8, the Apostle Paul wrote, If we have food and covering with these, we shall be content. And I don't think most of us, even dare I say as Christians, share the same sentiment as the Apostle Paul. Let's just be honest. Paul might have been able to say, with food and covering, we should be content. You and I are like food and covering or almost taken for granted for the most part for many of us. We think, well, I need food and covering, but, you know, I also need the white picket fence. I also need uh, the 3.2 kids and a dog named Spot. Uh, I also need uh, the latest and greatest car. I also need to go on vacation. I also need to have the 75-inch plasma screen television. I also need... Uh, to have the latest iPhone 12, I need to have the iPad, I need to have the laptop, I need to have this, I need to have the Air Jordans, I need to have uh, the designer jeans, I need to have the coach purse. I, I don't carry a purse, but my wife does, you get it. Uh, <laughs> I need to have all these things, and we just start rattling on and on and on. But Paul says, if we have food and covering, with these we shall be content. I think inwardly most of us want for more than what we presently have though. Am I right? Most of us want more than just food and shelter. Am I right? So I think if we're going to practice being content, we need to have a shift of mindset. And it's something that we need to actively do. It needs to be a spiritual discipline at the end of the day. Contentment comes only as a spiritual discipline. It is not our natural default state of mind and state of heart 
for many of us. Um, for many of us, learning to be content is a great challenge. And I think it's a great challenge because it's ultimately a question of who we serve. It's a question of service. That is, who are we serving with our resources? Are we serving God or are we serving ourselves? And Jesus said, you can't have two masters. You can't serve both God and wealth. And I think therein lies the rub for many of us. I think therein lies the rub for many of us is that at the end of the day, we're trying to serve two masters. We love God plenty, but, you know, we also all love all this stuff. America, right? Capitalism, right? Free market enterprise, right? Profit motive, right? I get it, I get it, I get it, I do, I do, I do. But how much in what we do are we truly putting to service for God and his kingdom? And how much of it is just self-serving of ourselves and serving our own base desires to serve the lust of our flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of our life. Jesus says you can't have two masters. You can't serve both God and wealth. And I believe the reason we lack so much contentment in our lives is because we are busy trying to serve two masters. And instead of seeing that God has given us more than we could ever ask or think, instead of seeing about how God has blessed us, both spiritually and materially, instead we operate with a scarcity mindset, when instead God has called us to operate with a spirit of thankfulness. And I believe if we were to operate with a spirit of thankfulness, that would cause us to truly realize how full we actually are. And if we were realize that we're full, we might, we might just scale back on all the stuff that we try to consume. Just as you know when you're full after having had turkey dinner, <laughs> and you know it's time to stop, maybe we should take the same approach with the buying of our stuff. We realize that our material stomachs are full in the same way we realize our appetite has been satisfied. And we hit a spirit of thankfulness when we realize that we are full and that we lack and have need of nothing. So we need to switch from a scarcity mindset, a mindset um, where we always think we need to hoard more stuff, where we need to hunt for more stuff, where we need to gather more stuff. And instead of thinking we never have enough, we need to have a mindset where we realize that God has already provided us with an abundance. And instead of trying to, to get as much as we can and to constantly upgrade and to buy the latest and greatest and to build bigger barns only so we can fill them with more stuff, instead of having that mindset, maybe we need to have a mindset of generosity so that generosity can free us from the scarcity mindset that we're ultimately enslaved to. So that instead of opening our eyes to see what we want, we can open our eyes to see how much we have an opportunity to give. And I believe if we do that, we'll be freed from this constant need to feed the beast. We'll realize 
that we have enough, that we will realize that we have hit peak materialism and that we don't just need to keep buying for the sake of buying as we simply try to serve ourselves. Because we have one master, right? Not two. We don't try to serve as Christians, both God and wealth. We just look to serve God. So everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, episode 88. When do we have enough peak materialism? If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd love to hear from you. Email me, jimmy at jimmystable.com, or you can reach out to me on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, You can find links to both uh, my Facebook and Twitter feeds on uh, jimmystable.com. If you see the little Facebook and Twitter uh, icon, just click under that and you can find me. You can add me to your list of people to follow. Um, and if you've enjoyed this podcast, I would encourage you to subscribe. You can do that at jimmystable.com slash subscribe. There will be links to Apple, Spotify, Google, and all those other places in which you can follow the podcast and subscribe to it. Um, or you could just sign up for the newsletter as well, which is at the jimmystable.com. Just drop in your email address in the little box where it tells you to, and you can do that. Well, everybody, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Oh yeah, by the way, Please leave your five-star review of how awesome you think this show is. I'd love to hear from your feedback on this show. Uh, You know, it's great. It helps other people find this podcast. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, be sure to share it with a friend. Okay, everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, jimmystable.com, where I'm having conversations about faith, life, culture, and sometimes food. Take care, everybody. God bless. That's all I have to say about that. That's the right on, man. You said it all.